0: to show and tell now, shall we?
1: What? is good beautiful people of the world i'm very thankful it's not hot out anymore creator k i love that i can sit at this desk and not be sweating profusely and welcome to episode 36 of the show and tell podcast a bi-monthly show on every first and third tuesday of each month where a special guest and i share stories music and art that you should know about because sharing is caring if you're listening for the first time welcome if you've listened before welcome back joining me on the show for this episode is philadelphia-based electronic music producer killamanzigo A passionate artist who inserted herself into the world of music at a very young age, and because of that, has built a very unique sound. In part one of the episode, Killamanzigo shares the origins of her love for music, and how it felt to drop her debut EP titled, These Roots Are On Fire a Couple Months Ago, We chat about making connections and the most ideal situation of how genuine connections can be made between two parties. She also discusses how the internet has helped her find a sense of community in the music scene and gives personal insight into what it's like being a woman in a space that is predominantly occupied by men. In part two, the item that Killamanzigo brings into Show and Tell to share with us is a movie with a badass protagonist who fought to make her voice heard. Now with that said, let's get into it. It's time for Show and Tell. Welcome to episode 36 of the Show and Tell podcast. I'm your host, Creator K. And joining me on the show today is Philadelphia-based producer, songwriter, versatile musician. Her name starts with the letter K, just like mine. It's Killer Man's Ego. <laughs> what's good?
2: Hey, what's up? Just enjoying the warm weather. Well, really my air conditioning, so
1: <laughs> So the opposite of of warm weather. The 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 fighter of warm weather. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell the listeners who don't know who you are, who you are, and what you do?
2: Yeah, um, thank you for having me. Um, so, yeah, my artist name is kill a man's Ego. and it's pretty much a combination. Of, it's a pun. <laughs> it, it, if you break it down, if you say it really slow, it's kill a man's ego, and it's also representative of where my family's from. My family's from. Ghana but you know I wanted something that represented Africa in a sense so I originally wanted it to be Kilimanjaro didn't feel like that was the most um google friendly name I should say <laughs> um so you know means me and a friend were just goofing around and then we came up with Killerman's Ego and it seems to work
1: Yeah, no, I think that's dope. And actually, I didn't learn that that was how it was pronounced until a couple episodes ago. I had Ramon Pang on, uh, (laughs) an artist I know that you're familiar with. And and he said it and he explained it as well. And I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. And I love it. Like, I love that it was almost kind of like a mystery. I was, you know, when I when I found out about you and saw your name, I don't think I necessarily pronounced it wrong, but it just didn't click with me, the pun. And I think that's incredibly I think it's genius.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I. And that's what I love about it. I love how I love how for some people they get it right away and then other people they have to think about it and then but then like in the end everyone has the same reaction. It's like, "Oh my fucking god. <laughs> that's like that's so dope, you know, it's crazy." So yeah.
1: Yeah. So how did you get into music? How long have you been involved in music?
2: oh boy that's a lengthy answer kind of um
1: that's why <laughs> we got a podcast
2: <laughs> yeah since um since i was pro- probably since i was um eight in third grade uh, i started off with violin i was really good at that and it's still probably my favorite in- instrument to this day and yeah i just kind of like you know when i was 12 or 13 my dad bought me my first bass guitar it was, it was a really cheap one, you know, that had had some issues, but still, you know, it was cool because he always um, supported my my interest in being, just being into music. And um, unfortunately, I just let my grades drop <laughs> over that. It's like every, every day I couldn't wait to get home from school and just like play on my bass guitar. That was all I could think about. But, yeah, I was in band as well, so I played, like, different brass instruments, and um, I eventually switched to guitar. Yeah, there's pretty much no instrument that I don't play except for maybe drums. Piano also needs a bit of work, but, you know, um, it's funny. Like, through produ- pr- through producing, you, you start to kind of learn how instruments, different instruments work, even those that you didn't really grow up playing you-
1: Right. Yeah. Especially because, you know, you might want to explore a new sound and, you know, just I feel like that just kind of inspires learning, which is which I think is really cool, especially in music. Yeah. yeah. So have you always like when you started to pick up music around eight years old, was it something that you wanted to do or was there a little bit of pressure from your parents to do so or were there more kind of gentle pushes in that direction?
2: Gentle pushes for sure. You know, my dad's not No, actually, now that I think about it, no one in my family is musically inclined except for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, none of my siblings, younger or older, my parents, no. But when my my parents remarried, um, none of them, none of their children. So, yeah, no, it was just kind of like something I think he just wanted me to have a hobby growing up. And, you know, luckily, I just. Um, gravitated toward it really really
1: quickly I thought it was fun so Dope. I, th- I think it's kind of cool that you don't play drums or aren't necessarily proficient in drums because I well I, I guess I'm not proficient in it either but I took drums starting in fourth grade up until senior year of high school so if we ever wanted to start a band I, now I know <laughs> that I would be in the cards potentially I could be considered as the drummer for a band that you that you might start Just throwing that out there.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) So that's
1: that's what's up. You've been in a lot of bands.
2: Yeah, um, I was. Oh my god, I was in so many bands. I was in this. um, I hate to say it, but I hate to admit it. It was like a Christian ska band. So when I was younger, I was really into Christianity, (laughs) and um, I was in a Christian ska band, a Christian ska punk band, a Christian death metal band, um, a jazz band, a regular ska band, and hardcore bands, a couple of hardcore bands actually More, most recently, um, me and some friends we had we had this thing going. We were about to start and then um, me and one of the other members um, weren't really seeing eye to eye with something and that kind of went that. <laughs> but
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah it was it was gonna be cool though. it was this was like as recent as last year or maybe a little bit before last year. And um, I thought of a name and everything. It was going to be Babyface, and I, you know, it was going to be, it was going to sound like Gallows, if you're familiar with that band.
1: Gallo's, it's kind um, of, it's kind of familiar. British,
2: they're like okay. a British hardcore band.
1: But, okay.
2: Um. Anyway, yeah, I've been around <laughs> all sorts of. I'm familiar with all sorts of styles, and I've played bass and guitar in all those bands. So, and and even I think Tremone at one point in the star bands.
1: Ooh. That's sick. I like that a lot. You know, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of people don't know or would be surprised to hear that a lot of the metal bands, or, uh, you know, a good amount of metal bands are Christian rock bands.
2: Yeah. Like, um, I remember uh, Under Oath. And, yeah. Um, Devil Wears Jean Prada. Their-
1: yeah, yeah. Devil Wears Prada and uh, Norm- <laughs>
2: Norma Jean used to get rags on a lot because they changed their name. I forgot what, but they changed their name like five times. But yeah, when I wasn't um, really as Christian anymore, or however you would say it, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. we 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 knew, and it would be kind of like, it was one of those things, like me and my friends who would go to hardcore shows and stuff, we'd be like, ah, shit, they're Christian. We'd be like, okay, well, whatever. They're fucking dope. So, you know, <laughs> we're going to go to that show anyway, but.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, I kind of felt the same way. I I grew up raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic as I grew up uh, by my parents, kind of fallen out of touch with it a little bit, mostly just by my own choice. And as I've kind of just explored the world, gotten older. But um, I felt the same way. Like when I found out that Under Oath was a Christian rock band, it didn't really, you know, change my attitude towards them. Um, Because mostly, as I mentioned in the last episode in the Q&A, that I listened to sound first, like the sonics first, rather than the, like the lyrics So, um, for partially that reason, I, that didn't really sway my view on them, but I just, I think it's so cool that, um, one of my friends, I haven't been to too many hardcore shows, but one of my friends told me that I think it might've been Devil Wears Prada or, or another band, but they were like, this next song is in the name of the Holy Father. And then it just goes into this (laughs) insane breakdown with like a bunch of screamo. I just feel like that'd be so jarring to just a lot of people. Uh, and I think that's badass.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny.
1: So you were in a bunch of bands. But now you make electronic music. I don't wanna I don't mean to boil it down to just electronic music. And I'll actually I'll let you explain. What kind of music do you make now?
2: Okay. That's, <laughs> that's a good answer. Um I don't know. It's it's a blend of so many different influences, you know. Like I I grew up also listening to hip hop and um, you know, R and B. I grew up listening to those things. I grew up listening to um my okay smooth jazz yes i'll admit it i grew up listening to smooth jazz (laughs) i say it like that because i have a i have a few friends that don't consider that real jazz and it's like that's not jazz so like you know it's it's that's not jazz but Mm -hmm. um yeah i grew up listening to all those things you know in addition to growing up listening to hardcore and stuff like that so and punk so it's just like a blend. I feel like uh, you know I have a lot of erratic sounds happening, and I feel like that's I pulled that from like my hardcore and punk days. And I definitely have um, you know some backbeats and grooves that fall in line with my yeah. original hip hop or R and B influences. So like um, like Jay Dilla, for example, he's he's the one who got me into making beats. So
1: yeah, shout out Jay Dilla. Rest in peace.
2: Yes, definitely.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I get that. I, I kind of get the improvisational vibe in your music, which is a big thing in jazz um, and obviously kind of permeates through a lot of different genres. It's not to say that your music feels improvisational in the sense that it's like kind of like off the dome, but at the same time, it feels kind of experimental, kind of tossing in different sounds and different melodies that one might think not work, but it does when you bring the projects together as a whole, which I think is really cool.
2: Yeah, thanks. It's it's interesting. You know, sometimes as an artist, you can't help but to ask sometimes, like, oh, who do I remind you of, you know? And I definitely get the jazz comparison a lot. In fact, someone more recently, I don't even listen to this group, so I don't really know um, how to gauge this, but um, someone said that they, I remind them of Tennyson or something, a group called Tennyson.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm familiar, yeah, for sure.
2: Right, and um, Sam Gelletry, or how do you say it?
1: Yeah, you and, said it. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay, I was like y- 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 tree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and I I listened to you know a few of their songs each, and I was like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see that, and then I also get Igloo Ghost, so and I definitely heard it with that. He's he's pretty, he's a bit he's a bit more neurotic than me because <laughs> <laughs> there are times where I'm like, where's this going? Whoa, you know, this is kind of crazy. But um, as far as like having like being heavily layered and having all those textures going on, I definitely see um, the similarity.
1: Yeah. So something I like to do when I have on a guest who makes music, and I'm obviously going to ask for your permission first, but I'd like to play a track or two from them so that the listeners can get a, a taste for what you make. So is that something you'd be into? Oh, definitely. Okay, so I'll pick one and then you can pick one. If Do you want to go first or me?
2: Uh, you can go first. Okay. I, I, I want to see what you pick. This will... This
1: will determine whether we're friends oh. or not. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was so I have four listed, and I was gonna pick kind of just, I was gonna pick one, thinking that maybe you know I'd just be impulsive and just pick and not make it difficult. But I can already feel that it's this decision's hard. I, and I was gonna see if you would pick a number between one and four. But if you're putting the pressure on me to pick one, so that we can develop our friendship further, then I'll uh, I'll pick one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, remember, there's only one right answer
1: out of those four. So you gotta pick. Uh, oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Everything Goes Black. All right, sure. Is that- no,
2: I like, I, like, I like all my songs. It's- okay. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, imagine just the tone of this podcast just completely changes because of, of this decision that I made.
2: You're just like, hello? Hello? Like, just dead silence. I like...
1: Uh, yeah shortest podcast i've ever done (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so let's run everything goes black and we'll see you on the other side That was everything goes black off of your debut EP. These roots are on fire, which came out in April, am I correct in saying that?
2: Yeah, just a few months ago.
1: Debut EP. How did that feel when it came out?
2: Oh wow, that that was great. I mean, I'm just used to so I'm used to just like observing what other people are doing or like the you know, how um how the reactions are with their bodies of work and stuff like that. And I was told by, you know, fellow artist friends That like, you know, no matter how this goes, you know, just be proud that you put it out and that like, don't expect much reaction because like, these are like slightly bigger artists, by the way. They're Mm -hmm. just like, you know, um, just so you know, like when we dropped our first EP, there was like not much of a reaction because it's like, you know, it's still kind of like, well, who are you? You know, we don't know who you are. And, um, you know, people tend to have ADD sometimes, of course, when it comes to like, Uh, a whole, like, body of work as opposed to, like, singles. So, yeah, so I actually wasn't really expecting much of reaction. And then I, you know, I dropped it in April. I was able to get, um, I was lucky enough to get a Bandcamp feature on the front page. And I'm I'm also pretty good at, like, talking about my art to my friends a lot. Mm. (laughs) You know, so I'm always like, hey, guys, you know, like, guess what? I dropped a new song, please, please check it out, or and like, this really is gonna help me continue making music, you know? So like, I really try to show them like, hey, you know, here's how serious I am about this. And so I have so many friends that are invested, just as invested in it as I am. And um, so many of them bought the EP and along with the Bandcamp promotion, like that helped out a ton. So like with the combination of those things, I got, way bigger of a reaction than I could have ever expected and hoped for. So, yeah, it was great.
1: <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. 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 No, I I highly recommend everybody go check that out. It's available everywhere except Napster maybe. Apparently, I heard that Napster still exists. I just found that out a couple of days ago.
2: Oh, really? Interesting. I haven't heard that name in a while.
1: <laughs> I, and I know, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, we, I was having a conversation about Spotify. You know how the CEO said his – some dumb shit about how yeah. artists should be releasing their music and whatnot. Um, somebody shared a chart that showed like how much a stream makes on each platform, and Napster was at the top. Oh wow! <laughs> I was like, wait, whole, wait, Napster <laughs> still exists? First and foremost, second of all, it kind of makes sense because no one's really using Napster, so of course, like the kind of revenue is going to be a little bit more because their user base is smaller. But I just thought that was, I thought that was fun to mention.
2: That's, that's so funny.
1: So what track would you like to share with the audience to give them another taste of the music that you make?
2: Um, I'll probably just share my most recent one called Black Weirdo.
1: That's what's up, let's run it. so that was black weirdo which came out very recent
2: i believe mid june or
1: something like that okay yeah so so yeah recent pretty recent was the timing of that release like did that play into what was going on Uh, In June with the George Floyd protests, was it something that you had been Um, sitting on that you felt like it was the right time to release, or was it something that you made because of all of the uh, civil injustice?
2: (laughs) Um, I just—I was just speaking to my identity, you know, and Mm. it's something I've been meaning to do for years, so it just happened to, you know, what's going on in the world happened to um, coincide with it, and um, I guess it all just fit together, so...
1: Why did it take you so long? You mentioned, you know, it's kind of you expressing your identity. Why do you think that it took you so long to come up with something to kind of express who you are?
2: Yeah, because I've always seen myself as an instrumentalist. So Mm -hmm. as we were talking about earlier, you know, me growing up playing guitar, bass guitar, violin, you know, in the background, um, not really using my voice. And like you, you know, when I growing up listening to music this is why my music's so colorful at least to me um, i always listen to like melodies you know and how sounds fit together um, i rarely listen to lyrics so this is just me coming into like just growing as an artist and just now finally understanding more and more how important it is to use your voice in your music
1: cool So you're obviously a solo artist right now. As we mentioned before, you have been in bands, but now you are on your own and you have been for a little bit of time now. And obviously, quite literally, being a solo artist is very solitary. You're in charge of your work. You can bounce ideas off of people, but at at the end of the day, you are the one putting out the work. You're the one putting in the work. Have you been able to find a community or a sense of belonging with your music? I know it can be difficult, you know if you don't have a clique of friends or you don't like grow up pe- with people who are doing the same thing, it can be kind of difficult to make any sort of inroad with a community and get your voice heard. Have you found that the internet kind of helps with that?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, without the internet, I wouldn't have been able to find um, just like-minded people. And I think what's going on in the world today really cemented that. Um, I think if, if we hadn't been in more isolation than we've, we were already, you know, as producers, that's how we are. Um, we just immediately go home and we're in front of our computers for like 10 hours. But um, now we're in more forced isolation. And so, you know, it's thrown more people into the internet world. And we're now focusing more on relationships with, you know, people that aren't in, in close proximity to us. So. You know, something like Twitter, you know, I find a very powerful tool not only to get, like, updates in real time as far as, like, what's going on in the world. It's also, like, you're getting the thoughts from people in the scene. And so it's just, (laughs) I'm just laughing because I'm just, like, it's just really crazy to me how, like, quickly I've been able to, like, identify who I know I could get closer to potentially at some point and who I know to, like, you know, Keep kind of like a boundary between me and that person. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think as an artist, you know, it's it's very important to know boundaries, um, not only for yourself but just you know in general, um, just because uh, you never know like why people want to be your friend. Put it that way. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I know that very. I know that very well. I am very familiar <laughs> with the uh, the Hey, how are you doing? Message. Followed by the, are you available to do this this work? And I'm like, well, do you really care about how I am? I mean, I don't, I I don't, I don't take it personally. I've you know done it, been in the game in the uh, in the art game long enough to not be bothered by that and be like, these people don't actually care how I feel. It's whatever. It's work (laughs) at the end of the day. But like, just that kind of disingenuous message is like, do they actually care? Probably not. So just like hit me up. Just like ask me what you want. You know.
2: Yeah. I have a friend and I, my one of my artist friends and I have talked about that before where it's like they'll just straight up ask to collab and it's like you didn't you didn't even say hi you know you, didn't, you don't even know like you didn't even mention anything about my music or why you feel like us working together would make sense or like what you feel like we would both benefiting fitting from by doing so it's just like hey let's collab you know like hey can we collab and it's like i don't know you <laughs> so,
1: yeah yeah it's
2: kind of weird to get those messages a lot
1: so. yeah that is the that is the other side of the coin where it's like there is not there is like is there's zero human element to it it's all just feels kind of robotic in a way where it's it's like which would you prefer would you prefer just no bs getting straight to it or would you prefer maybe a little bit of disingenuous niceties as they might say i don't know it's it's kind of a toss-up really
2: uh, yeah i see what you're saying i would kind of i don't know i would prefer like someone trying to like genuinely get to know my art or or whatever over time um you know like if we're in a chat or something like say say you and i are in this chat you know the show show and tell discord chat and no. Doubt, I guess, is that his uh, YouTube? Andre,
1: Andre Doughty, Yeah, yeah, what's up, Andre?
2: <laughs> Say that, um, you know, the, th- the three of us are just randomly talking, and you know, months over time, you know, like we're cracking jokes, this and that, and you know, a year goes by, like, yeah, then it's like, okay, to me, I kind of like have gotten to know Andre or gotten a sense of his like personality. I feel kind of, I feel somewhat comfortable, you know, sharing my art with him in a way that, you know, whatever he feels like he wants to do with his, like, whatever business he has going on, you know, whether it's a radio thing or a podcast thing or a collaborative thing, you know, through like film, whatever else, you know? So that's kind of what I, I mean by that. Like, I don't, I don't mind the reaching out. It's more just like, if I don't know you, then, <laughs> you know, I don't, for me personally, some people are a lot more chill about it. But like if I don't know you like that, then I um, chances are no. Like we're not going to like be doing anything anytime soon. It, so.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I feel the same way. I definitely, I think that is the, the ultimate type of connection to make for sure. I think that's what a lot of people strive for. Some people get a little antsy. You know, if you want to collab right then and there, you might feel the inclination to skip some of that stuff. But I think that's the best way to build a connection is to actually build the connection, you know, yes. to like learn about the person uh, before meeting them if possible. Like if you truly admire their work and hope to work with them in the future, then putting in some of that effort. And then also just, yeah, like you said, just chatting and just learning more about them, becoming friends. And then ultimately the work is just going to be better when you do eventually collab because you already know each other on more of a personal level. Like you know each other as human beings before, before you know each other as artists.
2: Definitely.
1: I, 100%. You're a woman producer in a, would you say, male-dominated, in, in many ways, space? Yes. <laughs> Has that affected you in any way in terms of finding that community or, or trying to belong in, in the electronic scene? And are you treated any differently in the beat-making community because of your gender?
2: I definitely think it's a tricky thing to answer, um, only because... You know, there's so many factors to it. Like, for one, you know, like anyone else, ma- male or female, like you belong as much as you think you belong. You know what I mean? Just in general, and people, people can read that. You know, if you if you don't have a high self-esteem um, and you always feel bummed out about things, I've, I've, I, you know, we and we've all been there. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Then you know it's gonna be more difficult because you're just gonna feel like everything's working against you. At the same time, I've definitely found women in the scene where we have each other's backs, you know, and they're really incredible artists. And um, we've had these discussions before. Yeah, there's there's also, you know, there's definitely times where I felt like I was being treated a bit differently. And, and I think it just comes from just, like, people not being used to... Let me put it like this. If I grew up around all Black people, since age, you know, since since birth, you know, and you're just like growing up. You go to school with mostly all black people. You're sitting at the table, lunch table, it's all black people. And then you know you're like 21, and then you're you know you're you're dating black people and this and that. Then it's like or white, you know, let's flip it, you know, you're white or whatever, and then you know you're growing up around all white people pretty much, and then you, and then it's like it can be for some i feel like it can be awkward to let other people in who don't occupy your identity. So whether it's a woman or someone of a different race or different culture or speaks a different language and we've all been guilty of that, you know, depending. So yeah, this is this does get reflected in the scene and it, and it's pretty it can be pretty magnified or obvious when it is a male majority scene, you know. So at least for you know those of us who are women. Yeah, I've definitely been overshadowed in all male spaces or music releases, promotional things, you know, maybe they'll sh- they'll shout out, you know, maybe a publication will shout out all the like most of the men and then leave me out and it'll be like men that I know haven't been making music nearly as long, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. that who haven't really made much of a name for themselves like and that's not even me saying it on some self-absorbed tip. It's just like, okay, yeah, no one, like, you don't have much of a following. You know, no one's, I've never, you know, no one has really mentioned your name. You don't, there's no articles written about you. There's like, you don't have much music out. And yet a publication is shouting them out and then leaving me out, you know, things like that. Yeah, it's, it, it can be, it can be pretty crappy to work with. Grind really hard and then get overlooked. Cause then you realize like it doesn't matter how well I make music, you know. If 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 I if there's other things that don't make me like appealing to um, to whomever, you know, in the scene. And I'm just like, you know, I just kind of like keep. That's why I just kind of try to um, keep my head focused on what I got to do and just you know keep it moving and hope for the best and yeah, but, you know, I, I am pretty vocal too, speaking of vocal, <laughs> as we were talking about earlier about using your voice, like, I'm definitely pretty vocal um, on my social media and I definitely call out bullshit when I see it. And I, I do have talks with my friends in private sometimes, I'll be like, hey, that's not cool, that was messed up, like, you didn't mention her or like, you curved her or, you know, you curved me and, you know, things like that, and they'll be like, oh, I wasn't thinking about it. It's like, yeah, that's just it. You weren't thinking about it. you realize how that's, like, an issue, you know? So it's, it sucks, because, yeah, women, since women haven't, like, I should say there's not as many women producers, obviously. Um, So since that's a thing, we're kind of just seeing, you know, we're kind of invisible to many. There's so many complicated factors to it, you know, I definitely notice, like, people will pay more attention if you're a bit more dolled up, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not really me so much. You know, I kind of consider myself more androgynous, you know, I'm like, you know, pretty, you know, I have some feminine characteristics. I have some not so feminine characteristics. So, and yeah, that's just how I am. And I don't really plan on changing that. And yeah, I just um, hope that people will fuck with the music and see that I'm someone
1: who works really hard at it. You know, so. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm glad that you don't have any intention to changing because this is very, very cheesy, but I like you just the way you are.
2: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I like you but just the way you are too. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I think anybody listening, I'd, I'd like to think that my general listener base falls into the category of those who will speak up against injustices will have the conversations, but I feel it necessary to say that as you were mentioning just just think about things do your research and be vocal like if you have a platform provide those opportunities i think it's absurd that some people are if i'm if i'm interpreting what you said correctly i think that more people need to step out of their comfort zones not worry about like their the image of their brand and just the image of your brand if you're trying to push good music should just be to push good music it it doesn't matter who is making it like what they look like where they come from and all of that it should just be the music and i'm i'm digging myself into a hole (laughs) and i'll just leave it at that just just think about what you're saying and call people out and push good music by good people
2: oh yeah for sure i mean i was saying that but i'm also sorry i kind of gave you a very convoluted answer but um i was when i said the whole like if you're used to growing up around certain well, that was more just kind of an analogy to be like, um, you know, like there's a lot of these like bro zones, <laughs> I should say, you know, brotherhoods that happen and it's, and that's fine and stuff, but it's like, it almost becomes this like, um, how do I put it? Like a.
1: Uh, it's just a a whole bunch of testosterone and masculine energy uh, in an echo chamber.
2: Yeah, they're like bigging each other up and I'm just kind of like, wait, aren't wait, (laughs) you know, like you're trying to like give more visibility to women, but yet you're still like, like power, power flexing sort of contest, Mm. you know, amongst like dudes that producer guy producers that like have been, have been around for a minute or, you know, just, just have known each other for a minute. And it's like, I don't know. It's like only on their terms, you know? And, um, you know, I've definitely seen stuff where like they'll try to like include women, but then they'll speak louder than the woman. Like they'll they'll like I was saying they'll promote they'll they'll promote each other really heavily. But then, you know, they they won't. They might promote the woman a little bit, but then they're really into like, all right, nice job, bro. Yeah, not, yeah, man, dude, you did great again this time once again. You know, you busted it out. Yeah, man, I that's what I expected from you, man. You really fucking that 808, man, you know, so, so it's like, and, you know, meanwhile, you're just this girl sitting, woman or whatever, sitting in the corner just being like, I, okay, well, bye, bye, guys, you know? Right. And that's right. how some of us, you know, that's that's how it goes, definitely, a lot of the times, and um, and just weird things, you know, like, like I said, with the whole getting dolled up, like, if I was to, honestly, if I was to, like, put on makeup and, you know, wear a dress and, you know, be a bit more flashy and self take, taking selfies and stuff. I definitely probably get more attention with my music, but once again, that's not even what I'm trying to do. So, <laughs> um, it's an unfortunate reality, but so you know, people people like eye candy as well. Mm.
0: So, um, yeah, you're not so
2: many facts, so many different weird things, you know, that can affect you know a woman's place in the scene. So,
1: yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing that insight with me
2: yeah for sure. I think another thing, sorry, uh, is which I'm sure a lot of people have been wondering, it's like, well, how do you help lift the voices of women in the scene like they're share their art and stuff without being like tokenizing? you know, it's just mm-hmm. like a it's a it's an interesting, careful balance that you have to strike. and I'm still trying to figure it out myself because it's like on the one hand, you don't some of us don't want to be called female producers. Some of us do some of us don't want to be called or I don't know, some of us don't even want to have the word woman attached to producers at all. We just want to be called producers. And then it's like, but yeah, but then it's like, but you want to be recognized as a woman who's making music. You know what I mean? So that's something I think about a lot. I'm like, wait, how are we going to like push ourselves forward and, you know, hope that and have people like helping out with that about them being tokenizing and, you know, just recognizing us as like great producers, but also like, Noticing that, hey, this happens to be a woman that is doing great work. Yeah, I don't know. It's just – it's just. I find it very interesting.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that is being worked on and will hopefully continue to be worked on as we grow as humans and music and culture grows too. Definitely. So I'd actually like you to – now I feel a little weird about asking this question, but I do want you to kind of big up some other women in the scene that make dope music. You might be friends with them, you might not be, but just who are some other artists who are making dope music?
2: Definitely Bad Snacks. I lo- I lo- I- oh my gosh, I swear this is like we're like kindred spirits. I love this person. Um, she randomly found uh, one of my one of my tracks and followed me on Instagram. It was like, yo, your music's fire, and it's funny. I'm only mentioning this because. Literally, like the day before, the day right before that happened, I had Spotify on random, and for some reason, I, I think it might have been an artist radio, a random artist radio, and I kept hitting skip. You know, I was trying to do some work, and I'm like, "Gosh, okay, this is cool. Okay, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. This is cool. You know, you know how it is." But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then this one song starts playing. I was like, "Oh, this is dope!" And then I would like. You know, it's one of those things where you stop what you're doing and then you look at the artist and I was like, oh, cool, Bad Snacks, okay, i never heard this person before, that's cool. And then, you know, I let it play and then, you know, more, like, listening to other stuff, skipping this, that. And then another song came on and I was like, oh, this is really dope, too. Clicked on it, it was Bad Snacks again, and I was like, okay, this person's cool, let me just, like, you know, follow them on Spotify, and then yeah, the next day that happened, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> and I told them the story that I just told you, and they're like, yeah, that's 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 so cool, you know. So it's like yeah. fate. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so Batsnack Tsunami, um, she's more like I don't want to say EDM. I feel like she'll kill me if she hears me <laughs> saying that. But but I don't know. I really don't know how to describe the heavier side of music. I guess like. Heavy Trap, I don't know, um, Experimental Heavy Trap. So Tsunami, that's another one. Uh, Farah also makes music like that, F-A-R-R-A-H. My friend, Ab- Abuxim, she does more laid-back hip-hop beats. Kind of has some Flying Lotus influence and knowledge Ooh. influence type of stuff. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm into that.
2: With, with some African you know, percussion sounds, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. And uh, Dear Evergreen. She's so good. She's so talented. She's also a vocalist. And I think that's what also sets her music apart um, from all of the people that I listed. I think that to varying degrees, like me, bad bad snacks can sing, too. I've heard her sing live. But I think she's working on incorporating more of her vocals in her music. I am as well. And... Um, yeah, that's
1: that's my list. <laughs> Dope. Yeah, no, I'll put those I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can go listen. Yeah. Dope. So we'll actually end off part one there. If that's cool with you, come back in part two, talk some more. Yeah, sure. Dope. Alright, we'll catch you all on the other side. Welcome back to the Show & Tell podcast. This is part two of the show where I ask the guest to bring in an item of significance, something that means something to them, something they want to share with you, and we get to learn a little bit more about the guest through this item. So, Kayla Manzigo, what have you brought in to share with us for Show & Tell?
2: Oh, wow. Um, Wait, was this in the the email? email? Yeah. Are you serious? How did I not?
1: It was in it was in the attachment at the bottom, and oh, let me what? just say, <laughs> let me let me double check and make sure I actually sent it. I think I did, because um, that would okay. be embarrassing if I didn't. But
2: I, I didn't know there was an attachment at the oh, oh sorry no
1: all, you're not the only one you're really really not the only one to do that and I don't blame I don't <laughs> here's the thing I don't blame anybody for um neglecting or just missing that part. Uh, Because I just I feel like I information overload people sometimes when I send the email Like I try to find the balance between professional and casual in terms of what I write And then I end up just writing way way more than I probably should Um, But no I mean so 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 let's just do it right off the top So it's the part of the show where kind of just as I said uh, I'd love for you to share any sort of item it can literally be anything I've had people share a musical artist that they're into a book a quote a movie Sometimes it's even a physical item, like people have talked oh, about photos. Oh, dope. All right. There we, there we go. Let's hear it.
2: All right. I got, it. I got to share um, The Legend of Billie Jean. Yeah. The 80s movie starring um, Christian Slater and Helen Slater, who actually happened to not be related, by the way.
1: <laughs> Christian Slater. Tell me more about that because it's from the 80s. I don't know if I've yeah. seen that.
2: Okay, it's a cult classic, actually, so you probably haven't
0: seen it, but
2: it's it's the setting is in Corpus Christi, Texas. Okay, so it basically, so it stars Helen Slater. She Her brother is Christian Slater. It's like her younger brother, and, I, man, it starts off kind of intense. She gets sexually assaulted by somebody, and she actually shoots him, <laughs> but she doesn't kill him. She shoots him. And she ends up running off, running away, because then she's, like, basically a fugitive.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's funny, because, like, the music's all, like, Pat Benatar and, like, you know, in the midnight hour, she wants more, you know, like, <laughs> yeah shit like that. And uh, Billy, um, I guess that's Billy Idol. Yeah, she just becomes this, she goes from this, like, I don't know, just like a, you know, average girl to, like, this rebel that, that, Gets like starts putting on like punk rock, like a jean jacket, and like cuts her hair really short. And it's just like, you know, super feminist. And like, you know, I'm gonna fucking speak out about what happened to me, like, fuck that dude, you know. And there's like setting shit on fire. And yeah, so I actually, fun fact, I actually have a tattoo reference on my body from that movie. Oh, no way. Um, Yeah, it's, um, on my thigh, it's actually, it actually straight up says Legend of Billie Jean, but it's like on a banner um, that's wrapped around a pair of scissors and a pistol. <laughs> so the pair of scissors is when she cut her hair, and the pistol is when um, that dude got shot because he is a sexual assaulting douchebag, so.
1: <laughs> that that's what's up not not the part about that dude fuck that guy but the the the, t- <laughs> the, the movie the movie and the tattoo i think is cool i i'm a, a big fan people know this already but i'm a big fan of dance cabin dance i don't know if you know that band
2: I'm i'm definitely familiar they were they were definitely bigger i want to say back in 2005
1: yeah, it's interesting because they're they're definitely more widely listened to now, but I think their music was was more cultly followed back in the day. But anyway, I uh, one of one of my favorite albums from them. I got a tattoo of like the c- part of the cover art, so I, I I feel that same energy of having something affect you and wanting to get it permanently put on your body and make your mom m- kind of mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Like, why do you
2: have a tattoo? Trust me, I I growing up with. You know, parents from West Africa, especially from a country that was colonized by the British, <laughs> that that tattoo stuff doesn't fly. So,
1: <laughs> so when was the first time you watched that movie? Do you remember like where you were and who you were with?
2: It was definitely with my dad, which is the funny part. That's like I think it's actually one of his, a movie that he likes as well. <laughs> it's so weird. I feel like he he um, introduced me to that movie, and I might have been. I don't know. I was probably
1: like 10 or something or 12, just like super young. Hmm. No, I, I got to check out that movie. And again, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, that's really dope. I mean, what, so what did you like about it outside of the, of what you've already explained? Like, did you like the soundtrack? Is that something that kind of helped maybe inspire your music in, in a way or, or just your creativity?
2: Oh yeah. Um, I I just, yeah, the I love the soundtrack. The eighties was a really dope time. Like I you know I didn't really get to witness eighties of course, but mm. but uh yeah, just like the soundtrack's fucking amazing, like Pat Benatar, are you kidding? Like she's incredible. I think that was my first time one of my first times, other than listening to Salt and Peppa, seeing a woman be so fucking empowered and rebellious in, in a movie. And um yeah, I was just like blown away by that and very inspired that um, she definitely had this like very much fuck you attitude and you know I'm not going to take any shit I'm going to speak up I'm going to stand for what, what I believe in even when people are trying to tell her to like you know chill out she's like no you know I'm pissed off and I'm going to make a huge statement about it and um, in the end you know that prevailed which was really mm. cool so, yeah it was just a really cool rebel movie you know <laughs> like it's it's cool I love those like Oh, all punk rebel movies, and its just so you know it's pretty much one of, one of a kind, in my opinion. Um, I don't really know any other movies to compare it to.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, are there any other characters, maybe more modern ones, that compare to the main character in that movie? Really? Or maybe 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 not movie characters, just, just kind of anybody in I guess, I guess entertainment, but just kind of in media that kind of represents similar qualities or expresses themselves in similar ways.
2: Honestly, just any, any woman that's been the front woman of a punk band, like whether it's X-Ray Specs or uh, just, you know, I don't know, Tilt or uh, maybe some like, one of them's like European. One of them was like West Coast. more set with somebody, you know, mm-hmm. who totally kind of just like that, just like off the chain. You're just like, whoa, you're off your fucking, you're, you're on some shit. Yeah, just really any, any woman who's rebellious in their music and um, outspoken in their music. So that might sound very vague, but just like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't even have to be like punk rock, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah. So the legend of Billie King. Sorry, no, <laughs> not, I'm, now I'm getting confused with the tennis player. The legend of yeah. Billie Jean.
2: Yeah, the legend of Billie Jean. Word, yeah.
1: that is the name and people should go check that out
2: y'all should go check it
1: out tonight for sure now the pressure's on maybe i will maybe i'll go check it out after this this show's over
2: (laughs) i mean we're not doing anything else right so
1: facts large (laughs) large facts but before we end off the show there is one last part which i will explain to you again it was on the document that uh you didn't read but i'm not mad about it i'd just like to reiterate that i really i'm really not i'm really not but uh, anyway, the last part of the show is something that I didn't learn in school. Not me, you. I just want you to share something that you didn't learn in school. And that literally means anything you've picked up in your many walks of life. It could be a life hack. could be a cooking tip. could be a video game cheat. It could just be a piece of wisdom that you want to share. Just something that you didn't learn in the traditional sense that is a classroom. School
2: didn't teach me how to be, you know very DIY, you know? Cause that's pretty much what school isn't about. At least for me, school was about depending on the books that were given to you, depending on your teachers for, for knowledge and depending on, you know, your fellow students to help to bounce ideas off of. But like, it didn't really teach me to rely on myself and just like be DIY in almost every aspect of my life. So like, making my own clothes sometimes or just like, you know, like I just feel like I grew up thinking, Oh, I got to dish out all this money to buy that one shirt. It's like, actually now it'd be really easy to make that shirt that just has like one word on it, you know, or you know, yeah, creating things yourself. That doesn't require you depending on those authority figures in your life. So
1: Right. And telling, and them telling you, Whether it's right or wrong based on what somebody said 50 years ago.
2: Yeah, based on guidelines, like, how to do it, you know, like, how, like, the proper way to do it, different things like that, like, no, you know, the way that I've been able to, like, get to where I am, I still don't think of where I need to be, but, like, as an artist, how I've been able to get to where I am has completely been DIY, just, like, not following any rules, so absolutely just relying, relying on my intuition relying on how i want to do things and um, yeah that's what school did not fucking teach
1: me <laughs> <laughs> no we're both examples in that i wouldn't be where i am without teaching myself how to edit videos through google and youtube um i mean i i, I won't say that you know my college education didn't help kind of push that forward i think it did just it's, it's something that andre dowdy spoke on on the episode that he was on it was kind of just the environment kind of uh was conducive to learning which which is nice and i'm i I definitely don't mean to bash school and shout out all the teachers that do things differently and kind of encourage you to learn your own way and learn on your own so definitely shout out to them but yeah no i mean it's 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 definitely something to to pick up on at an early age um and if you do it only helps to kind of just learn to yeah like you said make a shirt make the shirt
2: yeah definitely make make the shirt
1: if you've gotten anything out of this episode make the shirt
2: <laughs> make a make a smoke bomb. Oh, you Ooh. know, make make um. I don't
1: know. Make someone smile.
2: <laughs> <laughs> make someone smile. This yeah, made, this made me smile
1: definitely. Ah, you didn't have to say that. That's so nice of you. I I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on the show, Killing Man's ego. What a great way to wrap up the show.
2: Oh, thank you. The show was amazing. Everyone, check out all the show and tell episodes. <laughs> You're great
1: Cool. So I don't have to say that at the end. That's takes that off <laughs> of my list of things to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. So where can people find you? What have you got going on? What do you want to plug?
2: Yeah. Um. So you can find me on Twitter. Of course, that's where I'm flapping my gums most, talking my shit. You can also find me on Instagram. All of this is ego So K I L A M A N C E G O. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitch now. Um, I'll be doing some streams soon. You know, YouTube. Pretty much any social media. Spotify as well. Bandcamp is a big one for me. When When is this coming out, this episode?
1: A week from today.
2: I'll actually be on Andrew Huang's Square Producers One Sample.
1: Oh, shit.
2: Yeah, so that, that'll be really fun. That'll be really cool. I'm not going to say who's on it, but it's 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 gonna be a really
1: fun episode i think i'm excited to watch that for sure and like i said this is probably the third time i've said this now but everything relevant to the show including killer Ego's links her music what we talked about the artist that she shared in part one can be found at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell if you want to get in touch with us we're at let's show and tell on social media like she said check out all our other episodes that will be tight If you want to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, almost said iTunes, you can do so. That'd be tight. The last thing that I have to say is if you do like this episode, share it with a friend as you would share anything you like with a friend because sharing is caring. Peace.